come on let's give God a hand clap of praise come on let's give God a hand clap of praise after that come on let's give God a hand clap of praise how many of you guys know there is no one come on somebody scream there is no one there is no one so holy no one so faithful come on somebody give God a hand clap of praise somebody scream there is no one oh my god no one is holy no one is faithful she got me on the no one is faithful there is no one dear heavenly father lord god we just want to tell you for being that thank you for being that no one thank you for being nothing like anybody else thank you for being nothing like anything else thank you for being our god and our father thank you for being our protector and our provider thank you for being the best daddy that we will ever know above ground you are an amazing father you've never missed a child support payment you've never missed a spiritual upload payment and for that god we tell you thank you god we tell you thank you for all those that have assembled in the building and outside of the building god we pray that this word meets them wherever they are and that this word encourages them and strengthens them and renews life inside of them we tell you thank you for being our daddy and tell you thank you for sending your son jesus to save our lives so that we too can have every tone or life in jesus name we pray amen 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 somebody look at your neighbor real quick and say neighbor, neighbor. i'm praying that the Lord will do it for me. Come on. Come on. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. And now somebody look up and say, Lord, do it for me. Come on. Point to yourself and look up and say, Lord, do it for me. Now, this sermon is for somebody that there is something that you and God have talked about and God hadn't answered it yet and you ain't told nobody about it, but there is something deep inside of your spirit and nobody else can do it. Somebody look up and say, Lord, do it for me. I just want to encourage somebody for a few minutes and I want to tell you that the very words that came out of your mouth have power and God is listening to those words and God has the ability to do whatever you guys have talked about and whatever God has shown you. What I want to encourage you is not to give up until you see in the daytime what you and God prayed about in the nighttime. Can I say that again? I want you to keep going after God until you see in the daytime what you and God prayed about in the nighttime. God says I will reveal your hidden secrets and your hidden prayers and those are the things that I will manifest and I want to tell you that God can do it just for you the Bible tells us in 2 Kings around the 20th, 20th chapter, it's a very familiar story. Most of us know about Hezekiah, but I want to show you the difference in what Hezekiah did when he was his back was up, up against the wall versus what we do when our back is up against the wall. The Bible tells us in 2 Kings 20 and 1, the Bible says in those days Hezekiah became mortally ill. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amzon, um, came to him and said, The Lord, this is what the Lord told me to tell you, Hezekiah, to put your house in order, for you are about to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah, you getting ready to be six feet under, and you will not recover. Look what the Bible says in 2 Kings 20 and 2. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, and somebody say, and he prayed. To the Lord, and guess what the Bible says in 2 Kings 20 and 3. Lord, 
Please, O oh Lord, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion. I have done what you what was good in your sight, and Hezekiah wept bitterly. Look what the Bible says in 2 Kings 20 and 4. But Isaiah, before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Before Isaiah could even make it back home, the Bible says that the word came to Isaiah in 2 Kings 20 and 5. Isaiah, child, go back. What are we doing, God? Go back and talk to Hezekiah. God, you just told me to tell Hezekiah he was dying. Don't worry about it, Isaiah. I need you to turn around and go back and talk to Hezekiah. What do you want me to tell him? Tell the leader of, of my people that this is what the Lord says. God of your father, David, says, I have heard your prayers. Y'all getting ready to make me scream already. Hezekiah prayed. God sent the prophet back to Hezekiah to say, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Oh, my God. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, God has seen your tears. God has seen your weeping. God has seen the hell you're going through. God understands what you're going through. And look at what God says. He says, I will surely hear you on the third day from now you will go up to the Lord's house come on and talk Isaiah he says I will add 15 years to your life and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David the Bible says in 2nd Kings 20 and 7 then Isaiah said prepare a pouch of figs so they bought it and they applied it to the boils and Hezekiah recovered. Somebody dab with me for a little bit for Isaiah 55 and 11. So in my word, that goes out of my mouth, but it will accomplish what, it will not return to me empty. What I desire and achieve the purpose for which it has been sent. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I asked the Lord to do it for me. I want to tell you a little story about a little boy named Hezekiah. Hezekiah took over kingship when he was about, um, he was a young lad and he served for um, almost 40 something years as the king of Judah. But his father was Ahaz. Ahaz um, was a terrible king. Ahaz didn't follow the rules that God had given him. But the Bible says when Hezekiah became the king of Judah, he followed the rules of the kingship and he made God look good. He honored everything God told him to honor. Everything God told him to do, Hezekiah did it. And so we find ourselves in 2 Kings 20 and 1. And we find ourselves in a season that Hezekiah is getting ready to die. The Bible says in 2 Kings 20 and 1, in those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill, and God sent his prophet Isaiah to tell him, Hezekiah, you're not going to recover from this. You're going to die. And so the Bible says that Hezekiah never responded to Isaiah, the person that sent the message. God says he never responded to Isaiah. The Bible says, and Hezekiah turned his back to Isaiah and turned his face to the wall. I need somebody to understand that you've got to understand that no matter what anybody tells you your response is back to God and not to man 
I don't care. They could have told you. The prophet told me to tell you. You need to look at them and say, okay, now I got to turn my back. And now I got to have a conversation with the person that you said sent you here to give me this message. Hezekiah never went back and forth with Isaiah. Isaiah was the prophet. But guess who sent the prophet? God. Isaiah said, uh, um, God, me, uh, this is what God told me to tell you. But the Bible says that before Hezekiah, Isaiah could even get out of the courtyard. God said, uh, uh, Isaiah, go back. Why? Because my servant has triggered a bell in my, in, in my senses. And now I got to go and do what my servant asked me. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor, if you want God to do it, start with prayer. Listen, if you want God to work out something in your life, you got to start with prayer. Hezekiah could have gotten mad. Hezekiah could have said, I can't believe God you're treating me this way. Now, you didn't even do my daddy like this. And my daddy did not walk up before you right. My daddy was not a good servant. And now I'm a good servant, and here you sending a prophet to tell me I'm going to die and I'm not going to recover? Where are my people? You know you've been good to God. You know you showed up when nobody else showed up. You paid your tithes when your light bill was getting ready to be paid off. You did everything you needed to do, and now your neighbor living good but here you are suffering the neighbor three three doors down don't never have a problem lights on always having a good time God keeps honoring them but guess what you struggling you got to go to the food bank you can barely make it from paycheck to paycheck and you sitting there saying but you gonna let me die but you gonna let them live you know what the difference is they ain't got a God to answer to and you won't even answer to your God you won't even tell God God me and you got to talk about this now, I don't want what they got, but I at least want what I deserve from you. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, start with prayer. Isaiah didn't get upset with Isaiah. Um, Hezekiah didn't get upset with Isaiah. Hezekiah went and prayed before God and said, God, you check my record. Can I show you something that's amazing? Hezekiah said, check my record. But Hezekiah never asked God to extend his life more. He didn't say, God, I want 15 years. The Bible says because of his prayer, God added 15 years. You don't even understand. God wants to give you more, but he's also waiting for you to have a conversation with him. Why haven't you told God your deepest desires? Why haven't you told God what you want to go after? You keep telling people, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going after this. I'm going to try for this. And here God is up in heaven talking about we ain't never even had that conversation. How you going to tell your wife what you ain't told God? How you going to tell your husband what you and God ain't even talked about? How you going to tell your friend something that you want God to do and this is God's first time hearing that you even wanted to do it? Your first conversation of the day is to be with God and anytime you go through something saying, Lord, do it for me, guess what you've got to do? You've got to start with prayer. Look what the Bible says in Philippians 4 and 6. Don't worry about what? It, don't worry about what? Don't worry about what? Don't worry about your light bill because it's what considered as what? Anything. When I got to a point in my life that I realized how important prayer was and I realized that the late notices was coming due, I realized instead of talking to the bill, I needed to talk to the bill payer. Uh -huh. Come on in here, Holy Ghost. It didn't make sense for me to talk to Georgia Power Bill. I needed to talk to the bill payer. I needed to tell God, now you know I don't get paid until
until next week. So I'm going to need you to work this out. Where are the people that you can testify that you don't know why them lights were still on? You don't know why those lights been cut off on the day that they should have cut off. Then you start saying, oh, I remember. I had a conversation with God. I talked to God about it. I didn't tell nobody. Where are the people you didn't tell nobody about the hell you was been through? And then when you came out of it, they said, I didn't know you was going through it. I said, that's because you weren't supposed to. I talked to God about it. Before I can tell you, God had already worked it out. Before I can tell you, God had already opened every door. All I had to do was talk to God. The Bible says that before Isaiah could even get out of the court, God said, Isaiah, go on back. Talk to Hezekiah. God, you just told me to tell him he was going to die. I know, but he did something that most of my Christians won't do. He prayed and told me about it. Some of y'all are where you are because you won't just take a moment and tell God all about it. I remember when I was going through a, a little job struggle and I was like, God, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know what you want me to do. So what I'm going to do is, God, I'm just going to apply for anything that just look like it sound good. That work with you? That's, that works with me, my servant. All right, so if it comes across on the screen, God, I'm just going to apply for it. That sounds good, my servant. I said, and then if you give it to me, then I'll know it's you. That sounds good, servant. Then he started sending jobs my way, and I started applying, and I started doing interviews, and people started saying no, and I started getting frustrated. But then I remember the conversation I had with God. I said, God, don't you approve nothing you don't want me to be in. Don't you approve nothing you don't want me to go to, because I don't know the hell that's attached to these assignments. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise for the no. Oh, my God. Give God a hand clap of praise for the no. God, I tell you for the no's in my life. I tell you for the rejection. Thank you. I tell you for the echo. Thank you. I tell you, thank you for the put out and the put it. Thank you. I remember the conversation that me and God had. See, some of y'all mad at God for the no's. Baby, I'm shouting in front of God for the no's. Because every no means, guess what? With every rejection, there was a new level of acceptance. Can I promise you one thing, everything God said no to? That's because he had a yes around the corner. And he knew if he said yes right here, it was going to block the yes over there. The yes over there was so much bigger than the no over here. God wanted to blow your mind. God says, oh, this ain't nothing right here. Say no. I don't want to. Say no. What if I don't get nothing else? Say no. Trust me. Hezekiah said, check my record. Can I show you something we never talk about? Hezekiah never asked God to extend his life 15 years. Guess what Hezekiah said? Check my record. Can you go and tell God that right now? God, before you let anything happen to me, check my record. I wonder where God going to go from there. What kind of favor will he bestow upon you? Or what would he have to do and say, oh, okay, then I'm going to have to see you in heaven in a few days if you're going to tell me to check your record because your record ain't that tough. 
But after he checked Hezekiah's record and he said, Hezekiah, you so much better than your daddy. I need somebody to understand this right now. Hezekiah's daddy was a bad daddy. He was a bad king. But guess what God didn't do? He didn't judge Hezekiah on his daddy's sins. He didn't judge Hezekiah on his daddy's doing. Stop saying my daddy wasn't here. That may be a good thing. Go on and be the man of God. God called you out to me. Go on and be the woman of God. God called you out. Whoever God didn't let you in your life, can I tell you it wasn't by accident? Whoever God did not allow to be in your life, it was not an accident. It was a strategic planning by God because God knew if they was in your life, you would never be the person you are right now. You are who you are because of who he rejected yesterday. Come on in here and preach God. Your rejection is about your elevation. The Bible says Hezekiah didn't have a conversation with the prophet. He had a conversation with God. Y'all blaming people that you had a conversation. They could have helped me because I told them about it. God didn't tell you to tell them about it. Because God had somebody that was going to help you. And it wasn't Bubba. It wasn't Sally. Because sometimes your inner circle going to be the last people that's going to help you. He said, Isaiah, you're good at what you do. But you can't help me. I got to turn my back to you. Hezekiah turning his face to the wall meant he turned his back to the prophet. He turned his back to what couldn't help him. And he turned his face to who could, he would, could direct his attention to. The Bible says, and Hezekiah prayed. Look what the Bible says in Philippians 4 and 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, somebody scream instead. Somebody scream instead. Somebody scream instead. Look at your neighbor and point to him and say, pray about everything. I don't care what you're going through. Point to your other neighbor and say, pray about everything. I don't care what. When you pull up to the gas station, I pray that my debit card got enough money to match this amount that's on this thing right here. And if it ain't in there, God, can you just give me a little overflow to get me enough to get to where I'm going? Y'all don't even understand. Y'all prayers ain't crazy enough for me. Y'all prayers ain't strong Y'all got weak prayers. I can't do it because I ain't got this. The devil is a whole lot. I'm going to do it and God's going to give it to me as I'm doing it. The Bible says when God healed the ten lepers, you know how they was healed? The Bible says as they went. Some of y'all can't get healed because you ain't went. They didn't get healed in the presence of Jesus. They got healed as they walked in the promise of Jesus. Somebody say start with prayer. If you want God to do it, start with prayer. Don't worry about anything. Stop trying to let the worries of this world kill you and stroke you out and get you into a premature death. Oh, these kids are, 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 are killing me. These kids are just rocking my mind. That's because you ain't praying over them kids and praying about them kids. Somebody look at your neighbor say, neighbor, go to sleep. Get your praying and go to sleep. It don't make sense for both of y'all to be up. God's going to be up. Let God take care of them kids and you get you some sleep. Somebody scream, pray about it. Pray about that 
job. Pray about that vision. Pray about that next level that you're asking. Some of you guys can't settle your spirit because you're going, you want so much and you don't know where to start. Pray about it. Start your conversation with God. Pray about everything. He says, tell God what you need and then thank him for all that he's done. Tell God what you need. God, I need you to put some food on my table. Listen, I am still fabricated how my parents raised five kids and we never missed a meal. Preach Holy Spirit. Some of y'all are going without because you're going without because you're walking in pride. I tell you, pride is the beginning of destruction. You better open your mouth and start telling God and God will send you an angel. God will send you an interpreter. God will send you somebody to bless your household. You ain't said nothing so God ain't gave nothing. But if you start talking to God, God will bless you real good. Baby, I ain't never seen the righteous forsaken or the seed begging bread. Whenever I needed something, I went to God and said, God, I stand in the need. Do it for me. And guess what? I don't know how he did it. I don't know what happened. All I know is when I woke up, God, it take Somebody screamed, God did it. I prayed about it. And God did it. Some of y'all got broken relationships with your kids. Pray about it. And watch God work it out. You ain't even going to have to do it. God going to do it. Tell God what you need. God will work it out. Listen, Hezekiah, he prayed to God. He told God, God, check my record. And then do whatever you want to do from there. You've got to understand, he didn't get upset. He didn't get um, 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 into a devil's zone. Can I tell you that the devil is like cancer? All cancer needs is a little piece of your body. That's it. It don't need a whole piece. Cancer just needs a little piece of your body. And then all cancer would do from there, if it's unattended, it just spreads. That's how the devil is. The devil just needs a little piece of your mind. You better preach Holy Ghost All he needs is a little piece of your mind And when it's unattended He gonna make sure that little piece Go all the way through your body The devil just needs a little piece of your mind A little piece of you letting the devil That's why the Bible says give no room to the devil Cause if you let the devil in a little of your mind Guess what The devil will make you gothic The devil will make you demonic The devil will make you depressed Because you gave the devil a little room straight to God. When you are up against a wall, do not entertain the devil. Yeah, but if I want to do what I did yesterday, room to the devil. Well, if I would have done this better, room to the devil. Well, if I could go back, room to the devil. You can't go back. You can't change it. You can't redo it. And whenever you try and relive it, you've now just given room to the devil. You can't relive what you can't change, but you can do better to what you can't see on tomorrow. Somebody scream, I can't redo it, but I can do better. I will not give the devil any more time of my attention because all he's going to do is spread it. The devil just needs a small piece. 
And so when you give the devil a small piece, what happens? Just like when the cancer gets a small piece, guess what they do? They get chemo chemotherapy. Prayer is your chemotherapy. Whenever the devil come in your life, pray and you can get him out of there. Because guess what? Prayer is your chemotherapy and it can break off that disease that the devil is trying to put in your spirit. You ain't gonna be, you're gonna be just like your daddy. You're gonna, you, you're gonna end up in jail. Room to the devil. Let me tell you something. You will never hear me say a negative word about my child because I ain't speaking nothing negative over her. Because guess what? That's room to the devil. Y'all better watch the words that's coming out of your mouth over your kids. Some of y'all are speaking their destruction. You are speaking their downfall. You are speaking them what it is that's happening. There ain't never going to be nothing. You spoke that into existence and the devil going to take it and he going to run with it. Baby, my child can be broken. I'm going to say you rich. My child can be wrong and I'm going to say you right. Because guess what I'm not gonna put anything in her spirit that's not of God somebody scream that's room to the devil Hezekiah said I'm going and I'm talking to God about this I could let the devil get upset in me I can give the devil room and be like you know the devil be like um Hezekiah now he ain't even treat your daddy like that Hezekiah look at him and he ain't even helping. Hezekiah, you and God done had a direct conversation. Now look at him going to send Isaiah. He ain't even come. He ain't even man enough to come and tell you, Hezekiah. Now y'all know that some of the conversations y'all done had with the devil. Yeah, but if they was your friend, they would have came straight to you. Room to the devil. Yeah, if they liked you the way they said they liked you, they would have invested in your company. Room to the devil. You better stop entertaining the devil and start talking to God and say God wait a minute now I don't know who you're going to send as my one of my clients but I know there's a client that got my name on it and I'm going to stand right here until you send that client because I know you're going to treat me better than this right here you got to learn how to start with prayer if you want God to do it somebody look at your neighbor and say neighbor while you're doing prayer expect more what do you mean expect more can you go back to 2 Kings 20 and 5? Go back to 2 Kings 20 and 5. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, expect more, that this is what the Lord, the God of Father David said, expect more. I heard your prayer, expect more. I have seen your tears, expect more. I will surely heal you, expect more. On the third day from now, you will go up to the house of the Lord. Look at 2 Kings 20 and 6. I will add 15 years, expect more and can somebody read the word that comes after I will add 15 years of your life what comes after that what's the first word that comes after that uh -uh. what's the first word that comes and what's the first word and what's the first word and what's the first word and y'all don't even understand Hezekiah said check my record he says I'm gonna give you 15 years he said and God says not only am I gonna give you what I think you do I'm gonna give you some more that you didn't even ask for God says all you gotta do is talk to me about it I'll add on what you didn't even ask me for somebody look at your neighbor say expect an add on Because 
I'm going to make sure I sit your enemies down. I'm going to make sure your enemies can't rise up against you. I'm going to make sure your enemies are somewhere in the side somewhere watching how I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to shut down Assyria. Hezekiah never asked God to shut down Assyria. He says, but it don't make sense for me to give you 15 years and you got to fight hard all 15 years. God says, I'm getting ready to bless you real good and I'm going to let you sit down and enjoy it. I'm going to let you sit down and enjoy your next season. I'm going to let you sit down and just suffer in your next season. You ain't even got to work hard for this next season. Just sit down and enjoy it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. God says, overflow is coming. season somebody scream I'm getting ready to enjoy my next season somebody scream I'm getting ready to enjoy my next season baby ain't nothing you can somebody declare in your spirit I am getting ready to enjoy my next season now give yourself a hand clap of praise for your next season the doors God is getting ready to open the ways God is getting ready to make God is getting ready to blow your mind all from one conversation called a prayer he said I'm gonna add 15 years and I'm gonna deliver you but I'm gonna deliver you I'm gonna deliver you I'm going to deliver you, and I'm going to deliver what's attached to you. How do I know that? He said, and I'm going to deliver the city too. What's attached to you is getting ready to be a bless. What's attached to you is getting ready to come up. I receive that in the mighty name of God. Somebody declare what's attached to me is coming up also. What's attached to me is getting ready to get overflow. He says, and I'm getting ready to hand over Syria, the city, and I will defend this city for my name's sake. Somebody tell your neighbor, say, start with a prayer. Then tell them, then walk in patience. Listen, God do it for me. He says, I will. I'll do it for you. But you got to start with the prayer. Come and talk to me about it. Tell me what's going on. I remember a young lady that I did an interview when I did my radio show. She did an interview with me um, on my radio show, and she talked about how when life got hard, she had to put her son and I believe her daughter up for adoption. It was just too much for her, and it was a breaking point in her life. And she says, but I prayed to God, and I asked God, don't let me die without reconnecting with my adoptive kids. Y'all don't pray strong enough for me. She says, I prayed and I asked God, don't let me die without reconnecting me with my son and my daughter. She says, and then they both reached out to the adoption agency to reconnect with their maternal mother being her. She says, out of the interview that I did, she says, I just met my son for the first time about a year ago. And then six months after that, I met my daughter. She says, cause I know what prayer can do. And I was patient until it manifests. I am telling you, when you open your mouth, don't you stop until what you prayed about at night manifests in the daytime why you still praying because I don't see it yet why you ain't stopped praying because I don't see it yet why you ain't gave up because I don't see it yet and I'm not going to give up until I see what me and God talked about in the nighttime. it's got to manifest it's going to manifest 
let me show it to you. Let me, let me show it to you. Media team, go back to 2 Kings 27. Y'all want to show it to you. I want to show you how close the blessing was. I want to show you how close your blessing is. And you don't have it because you ain't prayed for it. When they told you you was going to die, you said, okay. When they said you would never have money, you said, okay. When they said you would never recover, you said, okay. When they said you would never come up, you said, okay. Hezekiah said, I ain't saying, okay. I'm finna go and talk to God. Look what the Bible says in 2 Kings 27. Then Isaiah said, prepare a poultress of figs. Y'all know they had to just walk a few feet away to get some figs. Put the figs together and make it into a poultry, which was an anointment. Okay, I'm sorry. You mean to tell me what was able to bless me was in my house? God, you better come and get me. What was able to bless me was in my house. What was able to bless me was in arms rent. God says, I got a blessing with your name on it. And it's not that far. You just ain't prayed about it. They didn't have to go far to get the blessing. The Bible says, and they brought it to him. And they applied it to the boils and Hezekiah recovered. But he wasn't healed. He recovered. But the 15 years hadn't been added yet. Because God said in three days, you're going to have to go to the temple. And that's when the full manifestation is going to take place. So Hezekiah had to have the patience to wait until God sent him to the temple. Some of y'all are checking out before God can send you to the temple. Before God can send you to the final place. Look at your neighbor say, neighbor, you got to walk in patience. You got to give God time to manifest this promise. You got to give God time to manifest that blessing. You got to give God time to manifest who it is you're looking for. God wanted me to tell somebody, you keep asking for a husband or a wife, but you keep going to get them, but the one God got for you ain't ready yet. You want to pull up through the drive through an order, and God says, all the hell you've been through, baby, I got a specialty order for you, and it just ain't ready yet. You got to walk in patience until it gets ready. Listen, God, until I see them in you, I'm walking in patience. I'm all right. I'm good. Because guess what? Some of y'all going to get stuff, and now you got a headache six months later, and God should get ready to say, yeah, that ain't what I picked for you no way. You weren't willing to walk in patience. Because when God does it, he got to put some extra ump to it. He got to put some extra stuff to it. Then he got to dip that person with a little patience because God know you. Come on in here, Holy Ghost. God know you better than you know you. God know everybody ain't going to be for you. Everybody ain't right for you. So you've got to learn how to walk in patience until it's manifest. Somebody scream in the meantime. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I got a meantime walk. Uh-huh. I'm going to walk on this job in the meantime. I'm going to walk in this situation in the meantime. Until God manifests my promise, I'm just going to stay here in the meantime. I'm going to wait until God manifests. But in the meantime, I'm going to be productive. I'm going to do whatever I need to do while I'm in the meantime waiting on God to bless me in the right time. Look what the Bible says in Isaiah 40 and 31. Listen, God, do it for me. God said in order to do it for you, you got to tell me what it is you want. 
come to me and talk to me. Hezekiah wasn't being a little punk when he talked to God. He said, God, check my record. I'm up here all the time. And when I'm not here, I have a ministry on my job. Folks are always coming to me, asking me for prayer, asking me for a word of encouragement. Some of y'all can't go nowhere without somebody coming up saying, it's something about you. Can I just ask you a question? Can you just pray for me? You got a sermon outside the church. God, check my record. But then I got to walk in patience. Look at what the Bible says in Isaiah 40 and 31. But they that what? They that what? They that what? They that what? Can I tell you everything else that comes after this is contingent upon they that wait? We run with the rest of this, but all of it is a contingent upon those that are waiting with patience. They that wait do what? Shall renew their strength? Did you know waiting also renews your strength at the same time? Waiting is like sleeping. Do you know what sleep does to your body? It renews and revitalizes everything inside of your body. Some of y'all are not waiting, and so guess what? Your mind isn't being renewed. Your body isn't being renewed. It says they that wait renew their strength, and then what they can do? Then they mount up on wings like eagles. In order to mount up, you got to put some energy into it. You can't just walk up. You got to mount up. You got to get ready for something. He says, and they shall run and not be weary. When was the last time you ran and you weren't tired? But he says, with patience, I'm going to teach you how to run and not be tired. Because first, I got to renew your strength. I remember when I got ready to run a, a, a half a marathon. And I was ready to run the half a marathon. And this nice lady wouldn't let me run when we first got to training. She gave us some weights, and she had us doing squats, and she had us doing these little things right here, and she had us doing these little things right here. And in the first two days, I'm trying to figure out, but when I'm going to run, though, I came to get trained for a half a marathon, went on a run. And she had us doing all these leg press and all these crazy things. I didn't understand this lady was riding out Isaiah 40 and 31. She had to strengthen my legs before she could run my legs. She had to strengthen my calves before I could run on my calves. Some of y'all trying to run, but your legs ain't even strengthened enough to endure the battle what you got to go through. You trying to just get out there and go. And you're trying to figure out why you gave out of energy. So it wasn't that you couldn't do it no more. Your legs gave out because you didn't strengthen your legs. That's why he starts with, I got to renew your strength. Then I'm going to let you mount up. And then I'm going to let you run and not be weary and walk and not faint. You got to learn how to deal with the meantime. Some of y'all are dying in the meantime. That job you're on, it's a meantime job. God's got something along the line. He got another promise with your name on it. You just got to handle the meantime. That position you in right now, somebody scream, it's a meantime. <laughs> I'm just working what I need to work in the meantime until God moves somebody out of the way for the position that I'm getting ready to take. That house that I'm living in, somebody scream, it's a meantime house. God got something better. But I got to treat this house right until God give me the other house in the meantime. Stop trying to push out of what God got you in until you take care of what God got you in. God said, how am I going to trust you with the big house and I can't even trust you to clean the little house good? Somebody scream, in the meantime. Somebody say, I'm in the meantime season. You got to be faithful where you are. Then somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. 
be confident in the promise. Hezekiah had to pray in order for God to do it for him. Then Hezekiah had to be patient. If you read the rest of um, Hezekiah uh, on the record of 2 Kings, Hezekiah even asks Isaiah. Hezekiah says, Isaiah, how am I going to know that I've been added on the 15 years? Re re read the rest of 2 Kings. And, 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 and Isaiah says, um, Hezekiah, do you want the shadow to go forward 10 steps or backwards 10 steps? Because when God show out, God show all the way out. He, Isaiah said, what you want, Hezekiah? How, how you want to make sure that you've been healed? He said, you want the shadow to walk forward 10 steps or backwards 10 steps? Hezekiah said, well, shoot, if this is what I'm going after, see, this is what the crazy prayers go to. Some of y'all would have said, just let the shadow walk forward 10 steps, I'll be okay. Hezekiah said, I want to see the shadow go back 10 steps. And God said, good, I'll let it happen. Because guess what? Hezekiah wanted to be confident in the promise. You got to be confident that what God said is going to manifest. Look what the Bible says. He says, and so in my word, whatever goes out of my word, whatever goes out of my mouth, you can trust that it will not return to me void because my word has purpose what I sent out. So you can trust that when it comes back, it's going to come back strong. You got to be confident. You got to be convinced that what you and God talked about it's going to take place, and it's going to manifest. When Jesus came on this earth, the one thing he was confident about is that he was going to die so that we could have eternal life. And so no matter what happened in the meantime, he says, guess what? I got to stay on point because I am confident that I will see you one day. I will see you face to face. All I got to do is die and resurrect, but I am confident in the promise of God. You got to understand why it was easy for Peter to keep on going. Because God promised Peter that guess what? You're going to be upon this rock. I build my church. Upon your faith, I build my church. And Peter says, I'm confident in that. Paul was confident that he would see God one day. And so Paul kept going forth with the manifestation of everything he needed to do. Paul says prison ain't, ain't scary for me because Paul says to live is Christ. But to die is gain. I am confident that when I die, I'm going to gain eternal life. So guess what? Paul could live the life God ordained for him to live because he was confident. When everything was said and done, he would live the life. Somebody screamed, Lord, do it for me. God said, in order for me to do it for you, you can go to the last side. He says, start with prayer. You got to start your day with prayer to give God an opportunity to come into your life and to destroy anything that's also trying to ride up in your life. I don't know how you get your day started without prayer. God, I pray that you allow me to make it safely to my job. Can I just give you a little, uh, 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 a little tidbit? Everybody don't make it to their job safely. Somebody last week left their house already knowing what they was going to cook dinner when they came back home and they never made it back home. You got to start your day with prayer because you don't know what the enemy has already created on your behalf to, to take you out. God, whatever I ride up on, on my job, give me the strength to deal with it and the mouth to shut up when I don't want to say what I really want to say. You got to start your day off with prayer. God, do it for me. Whatever I'm standing in the need of, God, do it for me. So that means I got to start my day off with prayer. And then I've got to stop asking God for this little bitty stuff. God, I want you.
want you to show me how to pay off my car. God, I want you to show me how to pay off my house. God, I want you to show me how to build up my savings account. Y'all asking God, show me how to buy a pair of tennis shoes. I don't want to pay another pair of tennis shoes. Show me how to pay off my house. Show me how to pay off my car. Show me how to build up my retirement account. Show me how to retire before I get to 40 or 45 or 33. Y'all got these little bitty prayers praying to a big God. Start your day off with prayer. Tell God what you want. Then walk in patience until what you prayed about is manifest. And then be confident in the promise. He says that that thing that I have started in you, you've got to be confident that I will finish it until it is manifest in your life. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God got you. But you got to talk to him first. Come on, I can't do it for you. Your neighbor can't do it for you. Your best friend can't do it for you. But I know somebody that can. God can do whatever you need him to do. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. God, do it for me. Work it.